Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Welcome to Everything Co-op this morning. It's a beautiful morning after the uh, hurricane came through, all of the water and everything that hit D.C. and New York. And right now we have some folks from the Bronx in New York City that's on that's going to talk about. Let's let's go to Michael Partis first. Good morning, Michael. Hey, Vernon. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Michael, what is the organization you work with? Bronx Cooperative Development Initiative, BCEI. The acronyms are good, no, Vernon? Yeah, I, I like that cooperative development piece. So how long have you been working there? So I started at BCDI this spring. So this is about my early stages here, about my fourth month. Um, I'm born and raised in the Bronx. So it's like a homecoming for me of sorts. Born and raised in the Bronx. Born and, I, and raised. I, I hear you don't call Bronx a borough. You call it a city. Why is that? So we call the Bronx, it could be a city unto itself by some measurement. It's not just a neighborhood. I mean, there's 1.4 million people in the Bronx. And so comparatively, Dallas, San Diego, Philadelphia, the Bronx is of that side. And so it's a quote-unquote borough, but it's, not, it's more than a neighborhood. It's almost a city unto itself. And so we take a regional approach as a BCDI, thinking about the economy, social development, and et cetera. So Bronx has a lot of rich people there, huh? <laughs> the average income in the Bronx is around $38,000 a year. Um, but if you think about the GDP of the Bronx, we're talking about $44 billion approximately. So there's an inequality there that I think all of us could um, recognize, $38,000 a year average household income and almost $44 billion. So certainly the residents, right, and the working folks of the Bronx compared to the assets of the Bronx is something that BCDI is working on, kind of uh, equivalizing, for lack of a better word. Okay. So the, the government says that if a family of four makes less than $25,000 a year, then they poor. But I have it. To live in New York is very expensive. Housing, transportation, it's extremely expensive. I, I've lived there a few years of my life, and I found it extremely ex- expensive. So I would think that people that make $38,000 a year, I would call either low income or poor, not the $25,000 that the government talks about. So the U.S. government says that there are 20 million uh, poor white people, 10 million poor Hispanic people, and 9 million poor black people. That's 40 million people, uh, a lot of whites, which they don't talk a lot about in the in the, mm-hmm. in the media. And um, the poor people campaign said there's 140 million 
poor folk in the U.S. or low income. And I would think that when that average of $38,000 in the Bronx, I'd imagine that's very hard to live on. That's extremely hard to live on. So what what do you guys find out? And what's living like in the Bronx on an average of $38,000 a year? That's $3,000 a month. So there's definitely an economic hardship component. One of the things that we work on and we think about is if we think about the economic disparities, so we think about the cost of living, particularly around housing is one of the strong hardships that we see with affordable rents and affordable uh, apartments is one side of it. So that's probably one of the biggest struggles that folks have. But the second struggle that we've seen in our work is that beyond just the cost kind of components that folks are struggling with, whether it's school insecurity, housing instability, affording rent, um, things like this. But we also think about the wage, right? We think about wages, income, and ultimately assets. So when we think about the economic conditions of folks, these are hardworking folks, right? Um, One of the kind of misconceptions is that we have a borough or we have a city or we have a region full of folks who are not working, who are, you know, uh, uninterested in employment, that's one of the largest misconceptions that we have. We actually have a substantial number of folks working, um, whether the time series of it is different, between jobs and looking for work. The folks have a number of, of kind of economic opportunities where they're working, but what is the return on that work that we see? Does the wages match the kind of work that folks are putting in? Does the income match the kind of work that folks are putting in? And for us, <clears throat> when we think about cooperatives, that becomes one of the solutions to those problems. We have working people, and if the work isn't valued in a way where they're, you know, not just seeking ownership, but if the work's not valued in a way where the return on that allows them to have economic security, then there's something in the economy that's flawed that we have to look at. So when we think about this income piece that you're mentioning, and we think about a number of working poor, um, working class folks in the United States, but when we scope down to the Bronx, in a place-based way, we see folks every day working, striving, seeking work, but the exchange or the return on that. And so if the traditional economy is not giving the kind of return for the effort respecting the labor of folks, then what kind of economic system would? And for us, a system of economic democracy would be the solution and move us more towards the work that people do every day, being valued and recognized, not just in status, but in the hard financial number in their um, everyday lives. So the reason that the Bronx Development Cooperation uh, Initiative exists or was formed was to form these kind of co-ops to to address this economic disparity. Is that right? Absolutely. So BCDI, Bronx Cooperative Development Initiative, you know, one of the main things that we looked at is the racial wealth gap. And when we look at the racial wealth gap in the United States, we began to think about, and we thought about how multi-generational poverty could contribute to that, but that the economic conditions that we're looking at is that it's not just the employment piece, but it's about the return on the employment. It's about the wages that folks are making, the incomes that folks are garnering for their type of work. And what is the value of that work that the working class is providing? We see that actually now in the COVID moment with folks who are essential workers, folks on the front lines, folks doing the work that, that's keeping this economy going and the value. We, we have a hard time in, con- in the political system to even pass support for those people. And perhaps one of the answers is that an economic, a, a change in the economic philosophy, 
a change in the systemic aspects of how we address um, the economic conditions of our communities and our neighborhoods, that that would be critical. And so for us, when we looked at the data at BCDI, we began to think about what we call economic democracy, which, well, in the first place, increased the number of co-ops and other kind of social enterprises where workers have not only assets, right, they have ownership in the businesses, companies, and, and the enterprises they are a part of, but they also are part of the decision-making. So in the first way, BCDI, yes, it addresses the economic aspects, but in the second place, we're also thinking about the social dimensions. How can the people who are closest to the result, like the people on the front line in, you know, integrated press management or cleaning services or things like this, not only how can that work be recognized financially, but how can those folks actually have social determination in the type of work they do, the conditions that they labor in, um, the structures that they work within? How do we change from working for to working amongst, to working with? And so for BCDI, when we talk about economic democracy, it is the financial component, it is the economy component, but for us a really critical component as well is this is the change in decision-making, the social change in society to have the people closest to the results the people closest to the outcomes, the people who are on the front lines, also be the decision makers. And so cooperatives is a fundamental part of that. And our work is to expand and advance economic democracy, and co-ops is one part of it. Um, and there many others that I'm sure we have time to talk about a little bit. Well, um, I would like to see you. I'd like to hear you preach every Sunday, bro. Uh, <laughs> you, just, you just laid it out extremely well. Um, this is why I, 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 when I found out about co-ops and how I found out about them is I was doing property management here in the district in, in D.C. And I would watch everyday people, mainly women, mainly black women, make very intelligent long-term decisions about their comp their business, which is was this housing. And I just got excited about it. And as I started learning about it, the fifth principle I like, which is, uh, training, uh, so they get just-in-time training. They get the training to know how to make these decisions. And the first principle was is open to everybody. There was no racism or genderism, sexism. There was none of this. Uh, didn't care which political party you belong to. Uh, it's open to everybody. So I, I really like this 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 model. And as you preach, it is that everyday people can get social wealth financial wealth and political wealth. They learn these things and they can they can help themselves, their family, their community and the US and then also the world. And that's what happens. So I love this model and you just uh articulated it very well. And because you have articulated articulated very well and doing very well, you won an award. So what was that award you guys won up there in the Bronx? The National Co op Bank and National Capital Impact gave you guys an award. What was that award? I want to thank Capital Impact funding as of definitely Capital Impact Partners for an important kind of collaborator. So we recently won an award to scale up our IPM, Integrative Pest Management. Uh, we won an award to scale up that work. So what we're talking about is an important innovation in our local Bronx economy that Capital Impact Partners were able to support us with. And so the award and the idea is for BCDI, how do we get to shared wealth Right? How do we increase shared wealth? And secondly, how do we create co-governance? How do we create okay. co-governance? 
Michael, we're yeah. going to have to take our first break, and uh, we'll come back and talk more about what these co-ops are doing, what you're doing in the Bronx, what you guys are doing with IPM in terms of um, creating wealth uh, for everyday people. And um, and we'll see where else we can go to to get people out there. We'd like everybody out there to get a sense of why co-ops can really help, particularly with COVID-19 and the death of George Floyd. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Your news talk station. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. Information is power. That's why WOL is a great partner and have been a great partner for almost seven years. We're giving you information about the cooperative business model. We're hoping that folks out there that are listening or that will go on our webpage, www.everything.coop, you can get the information about co-ops. You can start a co-op, a group of you get together, take whatever shared resources you have, whether it's nickels and dimes or dollars, pull it together with with your knowledge and get more knowledge and there are organizations like the Bronx uh, Cooperative Development Initiative that can help, uh, no matter where you are in the United States, that can help you form your business or help you to increase your co-op and get it to be sustainable. So the the uh, BCDI won a, an award, and Michael Paris, who is their executive director, um, of BCDI was telling us about that award. Mike, so I'd like for you to continue talking about the NCB and the Capital Exchange Award that you were were given and why you were given that award or why you think you were given it. So we really want to thank Capital Impact Partners um, for recognizing the work and giving us the award. So our approach was economic democracy really relies on increasing shared wealth and co-governance. That's how we get to share power, and we also get to, um, you know, recognize the economic status of folks. And the infrastructure, where's the infrastructure to support that work? Where's the policy, the finance, the technical assistance, the popular education, the community education? Where are those pieces? And our approach with our grant was that we believe in building all the necessary components, the pieces and the partnerships. So our first approach was to say, hey, There's a workforce development component that we need. There is a business development component that we need. There's a market access piece that's really critical. And then there's a community informed piece. So our approach and what the grant recognizes is we pick one industry, integrated pest management, and we said integrated pest management, how could we bring all of those pieces together? And I have some of my colleagues will come on and some of the actual business owners will come on in a moment to share a bit more, but the approach and what we shared is that what we do is we call it an ecosystem. In the ecosystem, all those pieces have to be together. It has to be the workforce component, so that way we have the human capital. It has to be the business development and what's the technical assistance and the things we need to provide businesses, our cooperative.
cooperative businesses that allow them to thrive and continue to scale. What's the market access piece? How can that work be recognized and the contracts and et cetera that is needed in order to keep the businesses viable? And the community design piece, especially something like integrated pest management, needs the community design piece because we're not, as some of my colleagues will talk about it in a moment, we're not just talking about a business, but we're talking about the health of the community. So how do we design the outreach, the marketing, the branding, the social determinants of health even? How do we address those aspects? So our pitch and what our approach is that in the ecosystem and what capital, um, what the grant recognizes is an integrated pest management, we pull all those pieces together. Workforce so that way our young people can have an entry into um, a high role business, business development to support our co ops in their growth, market access so they can continue to be viable, and we work with anchor institutions and others, and more importantly, the community design piece. How do we think about a larger health and of uh, the social determinant kind of issues? So that was our pitch in integrated pest management for greener economy, for thinking about the racial equity piece and for thinking about the sustainability of cooperatives within economic democracy. And we won the innovation grant. We believe that this is innovation and important. We have partners like Capital Impact, National Cooperative, um, Bank Initiative, and et cetera, to also recognize that. And so we're excited now to be able to continue and advance and accelerate that work. I can't wait for you all to hear some of um, my partners in that work, my colleagues, and more importantly, the business, the local business owners. Fantastic. So I understand there was some uh, some money associated with it. There was a little was money about? associated with it. Yes, there is some somebody that we are grateful for associated with, without a doubt. Um, so the twenty five thousand dollars in the grant will allow us to one grow the cooperative, and so two businesses, and you'll hear from them in a moment. Two businesses will be combining into a cooperative. Um, that's Kadaddle a local integrated pest management business, as well as cultural pest management. These are Bronx residents, black Bronx residents in the community, of the community, from the community, who've had their IPM business for quite for several years, who are now joining together, and there will be other businesses joining in as well, to create one larger cooperative that brings all these pieces together. But it's an important model, I think, Vernon, local folks, in the community of the community will now have the support of the BCDI and others to be able to pool together their resources and have an even greater impact um, both on the Bronx economy, but also for the economic profile of residents. So we can solve problems like health, like pest management, et cetera, and we can do it in a cooperative way. And for us, bringing that workforce, bringing the business development, market assets, et cetera, is important and it reflects economic democracy. We can't wait for young people that will actually be owning parts of these businesses, adults who will be owning parts of these businesses, and also providing the service to the community. It's a holistic approach that we think economic democracy represents. That's fantastic. And Michael, I would like to get Ann Fredercheck on. She's on now. Uh, good morning, Ann. Good morning, Vernon. Thank How you, are you for doing? having me on this morning. I'm doing great. great. Thank you. Thank you. Michael Pardis have been talking about um, the BCDI and the work that they've been doing. He's he's told us about the award, a little bit about the award that they have 
they they were uh, they won. He didn't tell us the amount of money. Uh, I'm always interested in the money part of it. But can you tell us about how you all came up with this award and the process by which you select people? Sure. And congratulations, Michael. You did a great job highlighting the, the power of cooperatives and you know really how this came about. The the mission of National Cooperative Bank is to support co-ops nationwide, especially in, in low-income communities. And Capital Impact uh, Partners, they actually created the award a few years ago, and they asked us if we wanted to join them this year and join forces and really see how we could leverage the program and get more dollars out the door to support co-op development. So that's really how it happened. And, you know, really what we were looking at in terms of the criteria, and I think, you know, Michael really articulated it well in terms of, you know, the strength and, and the power of the co-op, is we were really looking for uh, a handful of things. One is to bring co-ops to new audiences, to create replicable businesses, scalable businesses, and in uh, low-income communities and communities of color. So, you know, that was really the the focus and um, the purpose of the award. So how many awards did you give? But, but before oh, you gave, answer that, Ann, tell us, what do you do with the bank? Tell, tell us that first. Sure, sure. Uh, I head up our specialty finance uh, lending group. And we focus on a lot of the, the mission lending of the bank that focuses on low income and co-op development. So a lot of those initiatives. So um, sort of lending in my lending group and then kind of help coordinate a lot of the mission-oriented co-op development initiatives that we do across the bank. And uh, in terms of the award, the total amount of, of the pot essentially of the awards was $100,000. And there were three awards that were that were given out this year, I believe. I, I don't know if Michael talked about his award this year. He was beginning to talk about it a little bit. Okay. His award is uh, $25,000. And really what, what we saw there is that it's really to support this um, pest management uh, company and to create a co-op around the, the pest management. So we're going to take our break in a minute here, our second break, and we'll come back and talk about this pest management business and how it works. What else would you like to tell people about this award? I mean, how how did when would you do it again? How do they find out about it? Because I'd like to get twenty five thousand dollars too. I, I don't know. I don't sure. Know yes. Give me yes. Actually, it has been an <laughs> annual award. This is the first year that that we teamed up with Capital Impact to do it, and it was really a great way for us to get some real insight into the co-op development landscape uh, because there were applicants from all across the country in all different sectors. So what really provided that real insight and it really highlighted for us that there's a need for more dollars. A need for more dollars. That's where we're going to stop. I want to come back and talk to you a little bit more. And then I want to talk to Tim and Nacio about this IPM, this pest management piece. But we're going to take our, our next break, everybody out there. Please don't touch the dial. We'll be right back to talk about this award and how you might be applied for it next year. 
your news talk station. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. Uh, we have Miss Ann Fredercheck who was talking. We have a lot of people on. We want to get to the today to the rest of his show. But Ann, how can people get this information? Or what's what's the email address that you can give folks if they want to uh, get information about this award? I would say the best way to get information about the award, Vernon, is to contact the Capital Impact uh, website. I believe they've got some information there on the award. And as I said, they initiated the the award a handful of years ago, and they have been doing it every year. So I think that's probably the best spot to go. And specifically, Allison Powers, who heads up their co-op development efforts over there, um, leads that. So she's also the the best contact. So I think her email is the A powers at capitalimpact.org. Okay. But I, I would say, Vernon, what really opened our eyes in participating in the awards this year is that there are just so many co-op development um, initiatives out there and businesses that really need support to go forward. And we really need to find um, more dollars to help these businesses get off the ground. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that we plan on uh, working with Capital Impact to see how we can work together to, to do that, to, to find more, more money to support co-op development. Um, so not just within our co-op commu- community, but, you know, what other organizations are out there that would be interested in terms of supporting these member-owned and controlled uh, businesses and to really help create wealth in these communities. It would be great if we could get more and more approved. I know that uh, New York has put out money every year, I think $2.5 million a year to help with worker co-ops. In Madison, Wisconsin, a little more than a $1 million a year. So so different cities are now seeing the benefit that, that Michael talked so well about today. Uh, um, he, he was preaching about it this morning and about this, the benefits of, uh, of co-ops, which is what I've gotten bitten by this particular bug. But if we could pool all of this money together, the Cooperative Development Fund has money. So there's different organizations that have money to help create these co-ops. And, yeah, that was great. I really like what you're doing. And, and I just want to give a shout-out to NCB, the, the organization you work for, because they sponsored this program for now. This October will be seven years. And uh, your mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members, especially in low-income communities. And this is what is happening. We've already established that the Bronx is a, a city into itself, and it's low income at thirty-eight average of $38,000 of income. So working with them is what you're doing to help your mission out. And I really I'm, – I'm glad to be a partner with NCB and getting this word about a co-ops and helping to develop co-ops. So thank you, thank you for your work there. Thank you a lot. Uh, do you have anything else to say before we go over to Tim, who's Chief Executive Officer of BDI, to talk about IPM and pest control? No, I just um, really just to, to follow up on, on, on your comment, we've really seen resurgence in, in terms of the, the interest in, in co-ops, and you've been able to, to really have a lot of uh, great guests on the, on the show. And I think, you know, again, for the bank, we really want to see how we can 
continue to promote and support uh, co-op development. And I think the Co-op Innovation Awards is a really a great platform for that. So we really want to see what we can do to increase that in terms of, of working with uh, capital impact partners and others. So um, thank you, Vernon. Thank you, and it's a hundred thousand dollars you gave this year. I'd like to see when we can get that up to a million a year. So, well, let's figure out how we can do that, and maybe the Absolutely. folks at the Bronx, the Bronx uh, Cooperative Development in, uh, Initiative, can help us with that. And so, now I want to move over to Tim Gamory. Uh, Tim, what's your job at BCDI? Yes, hi. Thank you, Vernon. Um, yeah, I'm heading up one of the core projects of BCDI called the Bronx Exchange. So it's a social enterprise that is spun up to focus on the small businesses in the Bronx and to, to build a network of small businesses, particular interest in minority-owned businesses, cooperatively-owned businesses. And we connect those businesses to resources that they need, um, provide consulting, and very importantly, uh, we engage purchasers in the Bronx and work with institutions in the Bronx to identify the needs so we can help make the connections to those small businesses um, based on actual opportunities and demand. So we help identify the demand, but also create more demand because we, we, we um, teach the, the purchasing community as well about the value of purchasing local, purchasing through, uh, and supporting cooperatively owned businesses because of the, the greater impact on our shared community in the Bronx. So how, that, um, how part of that $44 billion can stay in the Bronx. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where the, why the Bronx exchange came about when BCDI was first looking at data and looking at the studies, like their assets are there. Like the, the spending is there. Fordham university, Montefiore medical center, major institutions, uh, we can direct that back into the Bronx, tremendous impact on, on the economy. So we've been doing that work um, in, in uh, the past couple of years, working with businesses across a number of industries, but with a focus on B2B. Um, and then started to focus a bit more on IPM because uh, got to one, met and started working with two businesses in particular, Kojo's Pest Management, been around for many years, and Quapina is going to join in a second, and Skedaddle, which is a, a, a worker-owned co-op with two worker owners who have extensive experience in the industry as well. So we started to work and help these businesses connect to opportunities, help them with their with back office, help them just provide support where needed to access bigger opportunities. Skedaddle, we, we help them engage in the Healthy Buildings Initiative, so um, helping in, in a number of buildings, residential buildings, to improve the health outcomes for, for those residents. And, um, and then in Kojo's, we were able to um, connect to a bigger opportunity at one of the anchors in the Bronx, at River Spring Health, one of the largest, largest nursing homes in, in the state. Um, helping them re actually replace like a major national brand. I won't mention the name <laughs> okay. that was servicing them. So they, they, they gave us the, the window. There was a tremendous uh, challenge they had and they were, uh, but they were willing and, and able to like, Hey, let's try this, this small business, um, local business. We believe in that. And then 
they, they exceeded expectations and solved the issues and now uh, have a maintenance contract. So we, we saw this success working with these two businesses and IPM and, and just started to connect the dots also and kind of like strategy wise, um, because uh, Kojo is a traditional business, um, but values aligned and then scales already working on comp- co-op. But how do, how do we scale? Because we have this, this increasing uh, commitment around from anchor institutions. There's a huge market around IPM, given it's New York City, <laughs> uh, the number of buildings and residents. And so it's a, it's a service that's needed um, and not necessarily people know about or think about it very much, but it's essential to, to health um, and can build wealth. So we started to connect dots uh, and started um, talking with uh, the Democracy at Work Institute, a friend and partner of ours, about like, hmm, let's think about how do, how do we how do we help this scale? How do we help these businesses? How do we um, help grow cooperative enterprises? And like, let's bring them together. Let's like build and help uh, build a co-op and build efficiencies and build capacity to scale, uh, to be a, a major player, take market share, in the Bronx and help them take market share in the Bronx, but it's cooperatively owned, cooperatively governed, serve as a model for other industries. And so things really going to lined up um, and be, because of the partners and because of these companies and the, uh, because of these people, because that's really, it's all, it's, it's so much about the people involved. So that really was part of the, the inspiration of really move this forward and grateful to, to capital impact for um, helping accelerate this work because uh, Now, Tim, I would like uh, one thing to get clear, make sure people know when you say IPM, you're talking about integrated pest management. And I normally think about pest control or getting rid of the mice and the roaches. Okay. Uh, the, so everybody understand what you're talking about. And we have two companies. Kwabana Court is the CEO of Kojo, and Nasio Jowls is the CEO of Skidado. And you just said that Skidado is already a co op. And Coaba is a traditional business, but have similar kinds of values and moving toward a co-op. And okay, so can we let Coaba and Nacio speak a little bit here about what their businesses are and what they what they look for for their future? Coaba, yeah, could you absolutely. tell us? Okay. Hey, good morning, Vernon. Thank good you. Good morning. I am glad uh, you're on. I'm glad you're doing what you do because we need it in every city. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. I am uh, a governor court. I am CEO of Kojo Special Elimination, founded by Nana Kojo Ayesu over 45 years ago. And uh, we were given an opportunity by Bronx Exchange to help the biggest uh, nursing home in New York State with their mice and or their pest elimination or their pest infestation. As a result, we've been able to uh, develop a relationship with the staff there, the administration there, and the patients there in order to resolve their past uh, infestation. And we're very proud that we were able to do that, particularly uh, uh, before this pandemic hit. And, Megan, we'd like to think that we made it so that we were able to prevent an even worse effect as a result of the pandemic by eliminating uh, 
rodent and roach infestation that, of course, contributes to uh, disease uh, and sickness. Yep, exactly. So we were very and I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm familiar with your work because as property manager, I, I, and I know I would get good pest control people and bad ones, so having a good one is awesome. But just tell me, what do you think about becoming a co-op? Well, the, one of the things, the reason why I'd like to be part of the co-op is because it would it would solidify the legacy of Kojo Pest Elimination, you know? And, I mean, in the spirit of my godfather, Nana Kojaito, who is now with the ancestors, and, of course, John Lewis, it'll make it so we will improve the quality quality of life in our community and make the world better than when we inherited it. So I'm very proud Amen. of that. Amen. Now, Nacio, uh CEO of Skedaddle, we we got a minute before we go to, to – uh, to break. So tell us a little bit about your company and, and why you're a co-op. My partner and I, Kassan Humphreys, have um, a combination of about 60 years in pest control working with other companies. We thought that pest control uh, co-ops would be best because it commits everybody to, do it, to uh, doing the best job they can possibly do for themselves and for the community. And it, it provides the people who uh, generate the profits an opportunity to uh, get a fair share of those profits. In our neighborhoods, we've had, pest, like you say, we've had good pest control companies and bad pest control companies. But in particular, we're concerned that, that we have healthy, well-served uh, people in our community. Nacio, that's a good place to stop. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back and talk about you guys a little bit more, and then we'll move on to the next company that the Bronx Exchange is working with. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Your news talk station. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. The program is Everything Cooperative. We're glad that you are with us and just hanging in here. So we can. We were talking about pest control in the Bronx and creating cooperatives. We have uh, Kojo Pest Control. We have Quabana. And then we have Nacio, who is talking about Skedado. Nacio, you were talking before. And I, what I want to know is why did you decide to create it as a co-op as opposed to doing what Kojo had done originally make it a, a, a traditional business. Why did you create a co-op? Because co-ops gets everyone to understand the, the whole process of the business. There's often friction between the, the um, office and the field in pest control situations. To have people in the office who've never worked in the field creates a situation where you get unrealistic expectations from the office sometimes. And then the people in the field often may not give the office all the information they need to manage the business. So I thought a co-op where everybody is responsible for the, the entirety of the business would be the best way to do things, even though people may specialize. There's two of us now, so we don't have to worry about that at this point. Um, also, I wanted to have a commitment to, to uh, working in the community. I'll give you an example of what we did. And this is what I was with another company, but it's, it's, it's indicative of our attitude. There was an apartment building in the um, Bronx near the Bronx Zoo. And at the Bronx Zoo, you cannot use toxic pesticides. You can trap and you can get pests on, on glue boards and uh, snap traps and other types of traps, but you can't put down poisons. Uh, so these buildings were vulnerable to uh, pest rats 
in particular coming over from um, the Bronx Zoo to the building. And I had advised the um, the super in the building I was working in that he needed to uh, take the, the cabinet floor up in this particular apartment and see if there were any holes there. He put me off and didn't do that for several months. And then one night when I was doing pest control, this toddler who was learning how to walk saw a rat and thought it was a pet. So he was moving towards this pet. So I, you know, I had his parents take him away and I had my small sledgehammer with me. So I broke up this, this uh, cabinet floor myself and it had three sections. First section, there was nothing. Second section, there was nothing. And I began to worry. The third section, I found the hole where the, where the rats were coming through and closed it up. And it happened to be catty corner to the bathroom, the pipe chase for that uh, water for the bathroom and the, and the kitchen ran through the same space. So we had to go back and do additional work there. But the idea is to, to protect human health and property. That's our motto. And I wanted a company dedicated to that. Now, most pest control companies want to provide service, but they're not necessarily totally dedicated to this particular goal. And in our community where there are, there are vectors of disease like roaches, mice, and rats, and so forth, we want to make sure that we do protect them. So Fantastic. that's our particular attitude, and I think it is best done with the co-op where you have people committed to that. That is great. Now, listen, uh, I understand from conversations before that you and uh, Kojo and Skidato may be hooking up together to form one company. Is that true? Well, uh, yeah, BCDI is uh, helping us uh, form one large cooperative uh, where uh, we will all work together. Uh, there are some jobs that, that we want to take on that uh, they can help us uh, acquire, and there are things that we want to we want to emphasize. If you're a, a property owner, we think that you never should have a person move into any apartment or house in the Bronx or anywhere else before you have the exterminator come in. Find where the problems are, correct them, and then have people move in and and uh, have a regular maintenance program. And recently in, um, Brooklyn, in, in another borough, we started a program where we were doing a block-wide pest control program to control the rats. So we offered every, every building on the block the opportunity to have uh, inspections and controls put in to control rats on the outside and then inspections inside if they wanted so those types of Nacio, products, uh, we think Nacio, can I've got to I've got to move on to the next one. I really like what you and Quanaba are doing, particularly being a property manager. That is excellent to get people in there, pest control before you move somebody in, and finding out where they're coming in and, and fixing it. So I like that and this whole com commitment to the community, phenomenal. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys are able to do together for sustainability and getting larger projects and, and all of that. But I need to, I need to move on because uh, I want to get Gloria Averez into the conversation. Uh, she's the best-looking person on the call today. Um, okay. And, and talk about uh, the kinds of work that you all are doing to, to get institutionals, uh, uh, larger companies, larger projects. So tell me about what you're doing, Gloria. Hi, and good morning. Um, one of the core values at BCDI is dismantling systemic inequality. Um, black and brown people in the Bronx don't own any of the wealth, don't control it, whether it's housing or businesses, that sort of institutional wealth. Uh, so part of our work is to build relationships with anchor institutions, uh, some of which have been in the Bronx for up to 100 years, um, support them on embracing their full missions, 
and connecting their investment power to the Bronx. So uh, what kind of projects have you got, are you doing? Uh, we're currently working with Montefiore and uh, Fordham University, Bronx Zoo, uh, Botanical Gardens, among other anchor um, organizations. And our main project is to help them localize procurement and work with vendors, and I, such as Vernon, who you just heard on the call in Quabana, uh, sort of keeping Bronx dollars in the Bronx. Okay, so... Black and brown people, uh, it's really clear with COVID-19 that there's not very much wealth, and so we're subject to uh, diseases. Uh, we're subject, because we don't have wealth, the wealth of a white average white family is $170,000 in the U.S., and the average black family is 17000 And if it is a black woman-owned head of household family, she has a net worth of negative $6. So uh, negative wealth for women who are head of household on average. So what I'm hearing you saying is you're, you're looking at larger institutions that's in the Bronx. The Bronx has $44 billion of work going out there. And how can you get some of this business into co-ops' hands that are owned and managed by black, brown people, women and men, and therefore they can create wealth and therefore minimize uh, or increase health, physical health, by increasing wealth, having uh, insurance and so forth. Does that pretty much say what you're doing? Yes, correct. I mean, essentially, we're working towards building an inclusive economy, and that's everything that you've, you've described. Um, I think, you know, you also mentioned we, we touched a little bit of base on George Floyd's passing and how that has also been a way of people connecting with anchor organizations and now realizing that they have to start listening to the community. We're also focusing on uh, knowing that decolonizing wealth is not going to be a process that takes just one year or two years. It's going to take more than lip service. Um, mm -hmm. And just holding each other accountable towards building a diverse and inclusive economy. So do you have any examples of uh, businesses that you've been able to get to co-op, the co-ops that you have started or are starting? Yes. I think Tim might have a little bit more information on that, but we have been, we have specific examples with uh, some of the few contracts that we've been able to get. Uh, Bronx who recently uh, just gave us a huge contract for $200,000. Fantastic. So Tim, do you want to add to that? Sure, yeah, a cleaning co-op that we work with uh, extensively, Bioclassic Cleaning, made five women who um, have been working together for, for some time, and we're helping them scale and doing marketing and providing access and talking to uh, to the community um, to help you know, raise awareness and, 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 and kind of increase their, their revenue and capacity, bring on new people. So in a number of yeah, different uh, industries that, that we're working in and constantly building a, a network of businesses, adding more businesses to the network and, and finding out where do we need to seed businesses to. So the, the anchors procure all this spending and there's some industries and areas where there's just no businesses. So there's a, a longer term game too of like, hey, where do we need to like help start new co-ops in industries that currently aren't uh, just no businesses in the Bronx. So part of that uh, longer-term game is, uh, is collecting that data and, and being strategic with it. Fantastic. Well, I would like, we only have about a minute and a half left. I'd like for Reverend Pardis 
to, to close us out. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what, what, what message would you like to leave the audience with today? Partnership's the key in this work. And through partnership with Capital Impact Partners, through the incredible working relationship we have with Dawi, by being community-focused and finding incredible businesses like and entrepreneurs like Quavada, Nacio, by having a community mindset and understanding, like I think Quavada very uh, eloquently put, I think the ecosystem piece is key, pulling all those pieces together. That's our innovation, and we're looking to come back and talk about impact. So. Fantastic. Uh, i really like to thank all of you all for being on the day, for sharing this information. It is wonderful uh, for anybody out there that's listening. I don't care what city you're in, uh, the, the city of the Bronx or Washington, D.C. or L.A., it doesn't make any difference. You can get together and start. And there are companies out there that will help you get started, like, like BCDI. Everybody out there, please have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Thursday, and please live cooperatively. Thank you. Your News Talk Station.